Hello, 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 and welcome to the Cinema Judge. To all my regulars out there, thanks for coming back. Now, if you're new to the show, let me briefly tell you what our what we're all about here. We like movies. We like to share movies with you. The studios they send us information, interviews, film clips, on set footage, world premiere stuff, you name it. We put it together. And we present it to you, the jury, and I let you make up your own mind. I never tell you not to see a movie. I'm not here to yell about actors, cry about Hollywood. Leave that to the professionals. I just want to provide a place where you could learn about a movie, blockbuster or not, because that's what it's all about, just to take a deep dive into a movie and see what they have to say about it without all that outside noise, because we all have stuff going on in our lives. I just want to provide a little spot, a little few minutes of your life where you could get rid of all that stuff. And just just hide inside of a movie and get all the information that you can. So then you can say, do I want to see this movie or not? It's that simple. And that's what I like to do because any movie is somebody's favorite movie. And besides, we've all walked different paths. Who am I to tell you what is good and what isn't? We have two wildly different opinions on movies and ideas and what got us here. Because in a nutshell, here's, here's, here's how I look at it. We all want to spend our hard-earned money wisely because we all want the same thing, an enjoyable movie experience. It's really simple. Now, broaching the bench today, we have the new movie called Megan. It's from the producer mastermind Jason Blum and also, just as equally brilliant, James Wan. Here's the, here's the story in a nutshell. A robotic engineer at a toy company builds a lifelike doll that begins to take on a life of its own. A young girl, her parents get killed in a car accident. So the aunt has to raise her. And the aunt is busy. She's that robotics person. She doesn't have time for all these things. She has a life to live. So she brings her invention home, this robotic doll, to say, you will protect her no matter what. You'll protect her physically and emotionally. That's the setup. So here's the trailer for Megan. Katie, you lost your parents. Welcome home. You're my niece. I'm going to do everything I can to make this place feel like home. Just wish I could see them again. I'm not equipped to handle this. I don't even take care of my own plants. I have this project at work. Do you want to see? Yes. Ever since I was little, I dreamed of this perfect toy that would protect a kid from ever feeling lonely or sad. This is Megan. Hi, Megan. I'm Katie. It's nice to meet you, Katie. Do you want to hang out? Okay. Megan, your goal is to protect Katie from harm, both physical and emotional. Is that a doll? Model 3 generative. Android. Megan, for short. I can't believe you made this. I love it. Wanna hang out? Yeah, sounds like fun. Great job. It's nice to have a friend. It's honestly like she's part of the family now. They could be building emotional connections that are too hard to untangle. She's the happiest she's been since her parents died. Eat the toppings, Katie. Research shows if you force a child to eat vegetables, they'll be less likely to choose those foods as adults. Is that so? Yes. Experts say... Megan, turn off. I thought we were having a conversation. Does she talk? Make her say something. Stop! Don't! Megan! You should probably run. <laughs> Megan, she pushed Brandon onto the road. I won't let anything harm you. Megan, turn off. Recalibrating response model. <laughs> Megan! What's wrong with you? Don't worry, Katie. I won't let anything harm you. Ever again. 
what could possibly go wrong, right? But that's the trailer for Megan. And it's what sets this movie apart, though. There is comedy. I mean, yes, there's some action, a lot of blood, and a lot of violence, obviously. But there is sprinkled in there a little bit of humor. Now, up first, we're going to hear from the two incredible producers, Jason Blum and James Wan. And they talk about how this movie got started. And I love hearing how James Wan talks about this. He says, at my company, at the end of the week, we kind of just sit around and chat. I I just love how this all plays out. Just get that little behind the scenes of how a creation has begun and how how it starts going. And immediately after that, we're going to play a featurette. And in this featurette, you're going to hear interviews from several different people and you have inter-spliced clips from the movie and all that kind of stuff. That's what studio does. They send us these pre-made like mini movies that talk about the movie in a nutshell. So that's what you're going to hear immediately after this first little interview. Well, the, story, the project came together when um, myself and my team at Atomic Monster were just chilling out. We were hanging, like we always do, like um, at the end of the week, we like to just have drinks and chat about stuff. And we started talking about, you know, movies that we would like to see. And uh, and, and as always, um, our conversation in one way or another will end up talking about a killer doll movie. And, uh, and really the, uh, the, the, the seed of uh, Megan really did, come from that conversation and we thought wouldn't it be great to make a movie where it's like it's Annabelle meets the Terminator you know so like you start off with like this this doll this android doll that is there to kind of help you out but because of her most zealot um, personality and nature while trying to protect the person that she's paired to you know you start to see the darker side of her that was the genesis and uh, and we brought it to Jason at Blumhouse um, and Blumhouse and uh, and you know these guys just Took a liking to it. <laughs> yeah, we, we obviously have known James for a long time since we did Insidious together. And uh, when we get a uh, a phone call from James that he has a scary movie, that's already good. But then a scary doll movie, it was it, we, we were predisposed <laughs> to like the script before he read it. I'm Megan. <laughs> I get accused of being the master of killer doll movies. <laughs> it's nice to meet you, Katie. Do you want to hang out? I designed Megan to protect Katie from feeling lonely. You're going to pair with her. It's insane, right? She's designed to be the ideal companion. Megan, your goal is to protect Katie from harm. Is the input request received? 100%. As her AI evolves, she becomes very protective of Katie. I won't let anything harm you. And it's pretty terrifying. Megan, what are you doing? Couldn't sleep. Occupational hazard. (laughs) I think people need to be reminded of the fact that this technology is here. We're not that far from something like Megan existing, and that is pretty unsettling. Are you listening to me, Brandon? She's really creepy, but playful at the same time, you know, just before she's about to kind of cut someone in half. Recalibrating response model. This movie is really fun. Did you make him do something bad? But it's still a horror film. It's terrifying. You're gonna walk out of the theater and feel like. That one creepy as. You should probably run. Don't worry, Katie. That's what I like about featurettes. They give you kind of a quick summary in case you just want a quick in and out to know what a movie's about. But up next, we're going to get a little bit more deeper about the writing and directing. We're going to hear from James Wan and Jason Blum. They're going to first talk about the writer, Keela Cooper. And just talk about what she's what she did and her, the whole process, and then they also start talking about the director Gerard Johnstone and what he brings to the project. And I love these little things, the little nuances of digging deeper into a project about what they're looking for when they're working on a project, about what talents does this individual bring, and what communication did they use? Like, okay, we want more of this in a story and this or whatever. And it just for some reason for me, it's that little special moment of they just didn't grab somebody out of the woodwork and 
say, okay, go ahead and do this. They liked the writer. They know what they wanted because that writer did it. They know, they know what they're getting into. And then also the same thing, the director. So immediately after that interview from them, we're going to talk to the director and he's going to talk a little bit more about the movie. Akela did an amazing job. I mean, like, you know, I worked with her to sort of like um, crack the story. But so once we had that sort of foundation of the rough layout of the story, she just went off and she just went off and she had fun with it. I, I told her, you know, don't hold back. Just go as nuts and go as crazy as you can. But, you know, just remember to make sure that um, the human aspect of it, the human relationship within the family dynamic is important. And I think, you know, we can have all this crazy, scary thing happen. But the family stuff, uh, the human aspect of it needs to work well for the horror to really play. And, uh, and that's what um, 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 uh, Kayla is very great at doing. And one of the, my favorite things about the movie is she, the tone that she's got where it's scary, but it's also really fun and funny, which is really hard to do, easy to do, hard to do well. And I think she does a terrific job at that. Well, Gerard definitely brought his... Uh, New Zealand sensibility. <laughs> I love Gerard. Um, um, Jason and I, we are huge fans of his first movie, Housebound, where it literally has a similar tone, right? It's, um, it's a haunted house genre that plays with a haunted house trope, but he kind of like spin that on its head a little bit and he leaned into the comedy of that as well. Or the humor, I should say, not comedy. Um, and, and that's what, again, what Gerard did so well with this is he was able to, um, you know, to not be afraid, to, to play the horror of Megan, um, to play the emotion of Caddy and, uh, and her loss, uh, and play into like, um, um, Gemma's, you know, uh, you know, sort of like, you know, trying to deal with her career and then, and then having to work with this, you know, trying to be a mother at the same time to her, um, her niece. Um, but at the same time, Gerard has to look at the whole picture and go, okay, this is all pretty absurd. So how can I find like the humor in this? And, uh, and so Akela gave him basically the template uh, for Gerard to kind of like run away with it. I think also he, he was, he did something which was, um, vitally important for the movie. It might sound obvious, but there are a lot of other, other directors might not have done the same thing. He was just singularly focused on Megan. Sometimes it was annoying because you we were like, what about what it is? But he was right. He was right. Obviously, the movie's called Megan. If Megan doesn't work, the movie doesn't work. And I think that focus on Megan really is one of the keys to the success of the movie. And, and, and we really have him to thank for that. The thing about AI is you essentially enable a robot to teach itself. And so Megan... Megan um, surpasses everything that Gemma has taught her. Um, she has these emergent capabilities, which means when she, when Megan comes up against a challenge, in order to overcome that challenge, she has to become better. So she keeps exceeding at this rate that no one else can quite keep up with or predict how this might turn out. And what does happen is that Megan takes her, her protocols of being Katie's protector and stopping Katie from ever being exposed to harm just way too far. And so essentially that means that if anyone um, if anyone poses a threat to, to, to Katie, Megan is going to take care of that threat. Now that was the director. Now up next, we're going to hear from Allison Williams, who plays Gemma. Now you probably know her from the TV show Girls that ran from 2012 to 2017. But a, one of her biggest roles that most of us know her from is a 2017 phenomenal film, Get Out, where she played Rose. And then she was also in a series of unfortunate events that ran from 2018 to 2019. Now, in this interview, she talks a little bit more about the movie. I would say that Megan is about a really brilliant roboticist, Gemma, uh, who is able to program and create a robot doll named Megan um, to help her in becoming the new parent guardian of her niece, Katie, when her sister and brother-in-law die tragically. Um, and it is the story of this misfit household uh, with a child, an adult, and a robot, obsessed with what she does for a living, not at all focused on her personal life, you know, for better or worse, that just is not her focus in life. She's completely just 
total, total uh, tunnel vision on her professional world. And I thought that was really compelling. We're not tracking her love life throughout the course of the movie. We are just watching someone who has spent her entire life totally obsessed with what she does. She's so good at it. She's brilliant. She's achieved so many things. Now, here's the deal. This movie, there is an actual doll. But obviously, that doll can't do all the dancing and (laughs) all the crazy stuff it does. So they had to have a person play those physical parts. And that's Amy Donald. And she's up next. She's going to talk about the character. It's this really cool interview. And then after that, we're going to hear from the producer, Jason Blum, talking about what Amy brought to the role to really bring her alive. Because you need both things. You need that doll that's very strict, very just, just focused. But then you still need to bring physicality and movements and he talks about what amy donald brought to the character megan megan um she is a a robot slash doll and she's actually just made to like protect katie and then she starts getting a bit too over protective of katie and everything that that's around her and so if she thinks that anything's happened with Katie and someone's being mean to her or made her cry or made her upset, she will, She thinks that the best way is to just wipe them out. I love that Megan's such a fun character to play and she's, like, really, like, loves Katie and she, like, loves to do stuff with her. Um, I don't like that she kills people, but it's fun to act like when she kills people. Amy brought Megan to a whole new level of horror and strange. The way Amy was able to inhabit Megan's movements really added to the creepiness of the character. And of course, as an amazing dancer, she was she was able to give Megan some killer moves. And that must have been so difficult to try to slice in and compare and work together with doll and human and still try to make it look seamless that it was the same thing. Now, up next, we're going to hear from Violet McGraw, who plays Katie. And Katie's the little girl that is, gets this doll from her aunt. And she talks about, you know, about the movie and her character and Megan. But then we're going to have a clip. And now in this clip, we have, it's, it almost plays like a mini commercial. Because you'll hear the aunt talking. She does a little voiceover while they play scenes in the background. Talking like, oh, she reminds her to wash her hands and all these things. And in those scenes, Katie's walking over to the bathroom and Megan's standing outside the door. Come on, wash your hands. Roll up your sleeves. Things of that nature. And then they, when they talk later on about, oh, she even tells her own little stories. And you hear this deeper voice talking. They're, they're showing a scene with Megan reading a like a nighttime story, but using voices that are in the book. So like this other voice is coming out of this little girl. It's that kind of deal. Where they just kind of give you a summarization of this relationship and friendship that's going on. It was a new take on a new doll movie. So I just thought it was very interesting. And I was, plus, I was super excited to see how they were going to bring Megan alive. I play Katie. And Katie is a sweet, but a sad, depressed little girl because she lost her parents, so she's very sad. And she's not really used to her Aunt Gemma yet, but when she meets her best friend, Megan, she gets pretty, she gets more happy. When I was alone in the car when we were filming in the forest, I was actually talking to her, even though she w- it wasn't a scene, because I was like, I wish she would let me bring you home. And if I had one in real life, I would love to play with her and do all that fun stuff with her. She'd be like a sister to me. Studies indicate that a staggering 78% of a parent's time is spent dishing out the same basic instructions. Oh my God, Katie, you have to flush the toilet. It is not that hard. So we found someone else to pick up the slack. Katie, flush the toilet. Wash your hands. Roll up your sleeves. Great job. It was my friend Jenny's birthday. Megan's an excellent listener. This guy told them that the 13th floor was haunted. And she even has a few stories of her own. If it was so, it might be. And if it were so, it would be. But as it isn't, it ain't. That's logic. Said Tweedledee. She'll never run out of ways to keep your child occupied. And she'll never run out of patience. Katie, seriously, flush the toilet. 
With Megan around, she'll take care of the little things so you can spend more time doing the things that matter. Now, kind of like how I was mentioning a little bit ago about trying to edit these things together, a real person, doll, and make it seem seamless. In this next interview, you're going to hear from James Wan and Jason Blum. And they, they talk about that process, all the research they had to do to try to say, how do we make this happen so it doesn't look fake? Jeez. Um, we, uh, we did um, a lot of tests at the beginning to see, you know, try different methods and methodology to try and bring her to life. And it's a combination of, you know, just filmmaking tricks and, uh, and, and methods to, uh, to, you know, to how, how to kind of bring her to life. Um, one of the great thing about, you know, what Gerard did was just treating her like she's a human character. Not just a doll, right? Like, and she, he, he would photograph her, shoot her with all the sort of personalities that you would shoot with, you know, with all the characteristic of how you would shoot a human actor with. And I think, you know, treating her like she's a real thing helps. Yeah. And we wanted the audience to have, the, the, you know, the, I think, I think the one of the things that's fun about it is you and the one, the way that we created her is when you're watching her, you keep, your mind keeps tricking you into thinking that she's a real person. And then, yeah, you right. reminded very specifically that she is not. And I think that's one of the fun things of the ride of the whole movie. Now, some of you might be saying to yourselves, this is just a simple horror film. It's a killer doll. But that's not entirely true. You can watch it on that level. But this film, there is an underlying message or a question. Not Just saying, how far is too far? What are the capabilities of science, technology, and where is it leading? And... In that vein, we're going to hear from Allison Williams, who plays Gemma, talking a little bit about that. Because once you go too far, you can't go back. But then immediately after her interview comes James Wan and Jason Blum. And they talk about Allison Williams and what she brings to this project. But I really like when you hear Jason Blum talking about the relationship that they knew each other even before she was in Get Out. And then after that... You know, he offered her a lot more gigs. And she's like, nah, not interested. But then she took on this one. And for me, as an outsider, you know, for me, I always think, okay, I need to be working. I need a job. And be at that point in your career or life where you can select what you want to do. And that's true freedom. Because you want to do something that you're passionate about, not just for the paycheck. Because most of us, some of us love our jobs and all that stuff. And I always think, oh, man, if you're an actor, aren't you always freaked out? When's my next gig? When's my next gig? Because I hear that a lot in that world. Because, okay, you're done with a a gig. Well, then, well, am I ever going to work again? There's always that doubt. And being able to say, "Eh, you know what? I'm going to wait for the project to come along that I truly want. And they, they discuss that. And then after all that, we have a clip with Allison. And they're at the, they're at the dinner table. And it's, it's Megan, her, and Katie. And Allison's going, well, you have to eat this. She's trying to tell her, well, you know, eat better. And then she doesn't. And then she starts scolding the kid. But then Megan speaks up. And then you just sense this little tone shift within that because, you know, you'll see what I'm saying. Here it is. The question then is, okay, if you have a machine that's been built by humans uh, and it's it's allowed to learn kind of autonomously, um, what are they going to learn and what are they going to do with that information without any context, without any parenting, so to speak? What does that knowledge do? How does it get ingested and digested and then, you know, repurposed? And that is one of the driving questions of the movie. Uh, well, I knew, I've known Allison for a long time. Uh, we were friends and then she did get out. And so I got to know her with a, through a professional lens. And um, she's a, she's a great actress. She's, and she's really passionate about acting and the craft of acting. She's also a great partner to us off screen. She gives us, she gives, we have a great relationship like that. We offered her a bunch of movies after Get Out. And uh, this is the first one she said yes to. And hopefully we'll make a lot more with her. But, uh, but she's a, she's been a great partner to us. Yeah, no, she has, you know, a great range in the sense that, you know, she's playing a character who's so career driven, right? But at the same time, she has this sort of struggle and 
dig down to find the sort of the parental side of her, like the the motherly side to to take care of this child that has just been dumped into her lap. And uh, and I think Allison is really good at sort of like walking that fine rope of like, oh, I got to be strong here, but then I need to be soft. You know, I need to be more compassionate with with the little girl to try and break through to her. And uh, and Allison was very great at representing that. You have to eat the toppings, Katie, not just the bread. You just did the one thing I asked you not to do. Research shows that if you force a child to eat vegetables, then they'll be less likely to choose those foods as adults. Is that so? Yes. Experts say the preferred method is to give your child the choice. It's called the division of responsibility. So we need to talk about school. Can I bring Megan? Katie, you know that's not possible. Then I'm not going. Oh, come on, Katie. Hey, I'm sorry. Let's just talk about it. Hey, hey, hey. Let me go. Whoa. Hey. What's going on? Hey, Katie. Go. What are you doing? Stop it. Katie, calm down. Let her go. Megan, turn off. Are you sure? Like I said, there's that slight quick turn at the end there going, uh-oh. I don't think we can stop this train, and it's going downhill, and it's icy out. Now, I was talking about earlier about this movie having a little bit more to say than just a slasher film or doll movie, because we're going to hear from James Wan and Jason Blum discussing that whole process and idea that this movie has more to say than just being a killer doll. And then after that interview, we're going to hear from the director, Gerard Johnstone, and he's going to talk about trying to create the whole Megan doll and everything that was involved. It truly is. And again, that's what we, that's why we think the movie works as well as it does is because it's not just a scary movie. You know, like all great horror films, they have something to say, right? It's a great reflection of the horror genre always. It's a great reflection of the time that they're made in. And, uh, and all the good ones actually have some kind of social commentary to them. And, and of course, in this film, it is about our obsession and our fixation with technology and how we rely on it so much, so constantly. And, and so here's a movie with a character with, with this young kid who relies who becomes built such a dependent um, relationship with this artificial doll and uh and she sees this thing as a real life substitute to the parents that she lost at the start of the film and uh and you know it's just a it's a great commentary and i feel like um you know i feel like that's another thing that the movie did really well to kind of talk about all that stuff yeah it shows how ai can be great and incredible for us and also not. <laughs> also very dangerous and not good. It was incredibly challenging to, to make Megan. Um, there were so many facets that go into creating that character. She's, you know, in order to make this robot that can walk and talk. Like, obviously, that technology is not quite there yet. Uh, so in order for us to, you know, kind of trick the audience into believing that this technology existed, um, yeah, it, it it took a multifaceted approach. There was a lot of learning involved, uh, and it was really only by the time we were shooting with her that we really kind of were starting to get a handle on 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 the best ways to bring her, her, her to life. Now, speaking of that, bringing her to life, we have two interviews coming up next. First, we're going to hear from Violet McGraw, who plays Katie, and then after that, Allison Williams. And they both talk about that whole idea of sometimes on set, this doll just sitting there it can be so creepy and I just, it is fun to hear them talking about this sometimes she can be very creepy but when she says like when she sings to me i feel like she's just a sweet little innocent girl that's not a robot and a murderer she was just in a corner of a very dark stage surrounded by a prop like with a prop table next door and she was just sort of like this but her eyes were open and her head was up and she was standing upright and i just was like Ooh, this is so creepy. <laughs> like she is here. She is upsetting. She feels very real. Her hair is perfect. Her makeup is flawless. Like this is gonna be this is gonna be freaky. She just felt really real. That was Allison Williams talking about on set dealing with this little doll because it, they actually had to make a doll, obviously. But for some of the sequences, they had a human doing some of like the dancing scenes and things of that nature. But they still had that doll. And it's been such a such a weird experience. You're sitting there on set and this little doll's just sitting there, just creepily still and just perfect. And I, it was just fun hearing about that. But up next, we're going to hear from Jason Blum and James Wan. 
and they're going to be talking about their working relationship, where it started off, where they're at now, and where it might go in the future. And these are sometimes the interviews you never hear just randomly when they talk about a movie, about two great, talented individuals thinking about teaming up their companies to make one. Now, that's something I just must be just crazy mad because when you're at that level, you want control, you want your own say, and he still will, but hearing him talk about that in public and just open about it, it's just really cool. And then after they talk about that a little bit, we're going to hear from James Wan talk about just the experience of sharing a horror film in a theater and how it makes us feel and why we do it. But it's that whole communal feeling and just it, it gets enhanced when you get to see it in the theater. And after you hear James Wan talk about that, Jason Blum also talks about that whole seeing it in the theater and experiencing it with everybody else. Uh, well, it worked out from from when we first met and worked together yeah. for, through James directing the Insidious One and Two, and then uh, producing and being very involved in the in the all the movies going forward up to today. We're doing the the fifth one. Um, I remember when we actually was, now people do this a lot, but you're like we're calling it chapter. Remember, we're <laughs> yes. calling it uh, yeah. yes. Um, and uh, and we've worked on very we've developed various things over the years, but I've mm-hmm. always been. Um, We've had a. I've always had a great experience working with James, and I've always wanted to formalize it in one way or another. And uh, and hopefully we're on the road to doing that. Um, and I think uh, I think it, it'll be it'll be great for the two companies, and and particularly great for the fans. Yeah, listen, there's no doubt that <laughs> Jason's truly one of one of the smartest producers that I've had the opportunity to work with. I uh, when I went off to start Atomic Monster, one of the things I did was like. I want to copy what Jason's doing. <laughs> I'll look over and go, I'm going to write this down. You know what I mean? Like you copy from the best, right? And, uh, and, and I've always admired what, what Jason did and, you know, and how, you know, he, he's got a very good instinct about things. And that's one of the things I love about him is he's very much an old school producer in the sense of like, you know, he, he recognizes talent, he knows how to do it, but then he approaches it in a very modern way. And I, and I like that. And, and I, th- I see that as a great sort of, like model for me and uh and i you know i always said oh you know what if i do atomic monster i don't mind being you know like the uh the bastard stepchild of uh, what jason's doing (laughs) (laughs) and uh and to be able to now kind of come together and collaborate uh, on future projects is exciting well i mean i think this project megan is a great representation of us working together it truly is the uh you know it's the first film that represents you know um potentially Atomic Monster and Blumhouse coming together and, uh, you know, and sort of sharing resources and ideas and stuff like that. Um, I, I hope that they could be many more Megans. At least that's the hope. Yeah, but I also think that there yeah. definitely will be, um, hopefully there'll be more Megans, but there's definitely going to be, we, we're, we're working on one, one, but there's going to be more films about, especially horror movies about AI. And what I think is special about this movie is it's kind of the first one about AI Today, there have been other, what AI was 15 and 20 and 30 years ago is not nearly as threatening as what it is today. And I think we'll see more movies like this. But what's special about this is it's the first one. Well, my perspective is we love to go, to, to me, going to a horror movie or, or an action movie or any kind of movie that gets you to experience a whole bunch of different emotions is like a roller coaster ride. So you go into it, you see all this scary stuff, and it pushes you to the edge of sort of like mortality. It reminds you of all this other stuff. But then you're not actually in harm's way. You're sitting in a nice, comfy, dark room <laughs> with the air conditioning on. You're eating your popcorn and drinks, right? But you let your imagination run wild. You, you get to go into the places that the filmmakers take you to, but you're still in the comfort of your own, you know, like in your in the seat, right, in the theater. And you get to share that fun experience with uh, with the strangers in, in, in the room, you know. And, uh, you know, you guys are laughing together, screaming together. You know, uh, I think that that's so much fun. And, and that's what you know, makes roller coaster rides so, so fun is because at the end of the day, it may be terrifying as you're going through it, but once the ride ends, you get up and you go back to your, the safety of your own home. Your life. Yeah. I totally agree with everything James said. I think horror in a, some way, in a certain way, it makes the world feel safer, whether it's a movie or a book or whatever it is that you, you're, you're, you're reading or watching this, these scary things happen to other people not you, <laughs> and you can close the book, you can walk out of the movie theater, right. you can completely control it, and somehow that helps us digest 
the real fears that are out there in the world. It's very strange. When the, when the, the more chaotic the world is, the better horror often does. Yeah. And I think it's a result of what we're both talking about. Now, up next, from the world premiere, we're going to have several interviews coming up. So when you hear all this noise in the background, that's just the crowd that's there with them. And up first, we're going to hear from James Wan. And he's going to talk about a myriad of things. And I'm just going to let him go because you're not here for me. You're here for them. And immediately after that, you're going to hear from Jason Blum. And he also is going to be talking about the movie and, you know, a ton of other stuff. But you can't see it because obviously this is just a podcast. But at the end of the show, I'll give you the, the website so you can watch this show. Because at the world premiere, Jason Blum is dressed up as Megan. <laughs> just it, when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, okay, that took me back. But it was just just a little side reference. When you're listening to Jason Blum talk, here he is on the red carpet, dressed up as the main character, Megan. It's incredible. Um, you know, we uh, we had this idea a couple of years back, and we we sort of we worked through it uh, um, through the pandemic, and now to actually see it come to fruition and ready to get out, get out there, it's pretty amazing. It's a truly fun, scary, and, and darkly humorous. So I cannot wait for the audience to experience it. It's such a it's a perfect uh, theater movie to see with a crowd. To have a character like her that is that is so sassy and so full of personality, I think that's what people are kind of really latching onto. She is a great bodyguard. How about that? She she could be here protecting me from I don't know whatever. Even though she's only like three foot tall, she would kind of kick everyone's ass. <laughs> Megan is kind of real and kind of not real, and sometimes you think she's a person and sometimes she's a machine. And I think uh, I think that drives people nuts. I think AI is being talked about more and more. Even in the last weeks, there have been all these weird AI emails I've been getting. Uh, or emails about AI, I should say. Maybe emails from AI, as far as I can tell. But uh, but I think it's very on people's mind, and so that's one of the reasons I think it's it's the trailer has connected in the way that it has. As is super super fun and super super scary movie. It's right in the James Wan sweet spot. I'd put her right to work. Housework and cooking is what I would do. <laughs> When a movie's funny and when it's fun, you relax and your defenses come down. So you can get you can get a lot more scared. If you've got people laughing and relaxed, you can scare them much more. What I'm most excited for audience to experience when they see the movie is sometimes you have a great trailer and the movie doesn't doesn't hold up, and the movie is better than the trailer. So I'm excited for people to see that we were we're selling something that really exists. It's not just two good minutes, it's 90 great minutes. All I gotta say, Jason Blum. What a man, what a producer, so involved, so creative, and he surrounds himself with such incredible people, and he's not so narrow-minded where he goes, just my way or the highway. He likes to collaborate, and it's so cool to hear a producer talk like that, (laughs) and again, so, so cool that here he is on the red carpet, not taking himself too too seriously, and he said, and he's dressed up as the character Megan. (laughs) That just, that takes some guts. But it just, I'm so happy that he's out there now. He's just reinvented and rejuvenized the whole horror genre and where they're going with it and what they're doing with it. And him teaming up with James Wan is incredible and it's a brilliant idea. And I just can't wait to see where it goes in the future. But now up next, oh, and real, real quick, in like that past interview, they asked him, what would you do if you had a real Megan? What would you do with her? So like at the end here, there he said, "Well, I'd, I'd put her to work, you know, you know, eat me, make me dinner, and do dishes." And in the following up interviews, they're going to ask within those interview segments the same question of people, because up first we're going to hear from Jenna Davis, who's the voice of Megan, and she's going to be talking about the movie and things of that nature. And then we're going to go to Violet McGraw, who plays Katie, the young girl who has the doll made for her. And then she's also asked the same question at one point. What would you do if you had a real Megan? And then we go to Allison Williams, who plays Gemma. And I like her answer. It's just because I can understand it. Everybody else kind of does this, goes this one way. But Allison understands the true ramifications of this whole situation. And then you'll hear her answer. So here they are from the red carpet. I'm so excited. It's just so exciting. I hope everybody loves it. The film is just amazing, and I'm just so proud of it. And I just have butterflies. That's literally my only word to describe tonight. Megan is just extremely overprotective. So just warning, she'll do anything to protect Katie. 
Oh my goodness, I would probably have her help me, like clean my room, help me with my homework. I mean, the practical things we all have struggles with. I'm really excited and I can't wait to see the movie, but I'm very excited. Megan is about a young girl named Katie who goes to live with her aunt Gemma because she lost her parents in a car crash. And Gemma is a creator who makes this AI doll for Katie to be her best friend so she doesn't have to feel lonely or sad. But as you saw in the trailer, she takes her job very seriously. If she wasn't really violent or something like that, I would definitely love to have her as a best friend and have parties and stuff. That'd be fun. This is surreal. To see like a bunch of Megans walk up, I was like, what have I done? <laughs> what has this character done? No, this is amazing. Are you kidding? It's the best. Unsettling, uncanny, fun. That's like the number one adjective I've been hearing from people who come out of it, which is great. Because it's also, you know it's going to be scary and thrilling because James Wan, Blumhouse, etc. But it's also fun. It's funny. That's sort of the best Terrifying. thing that's ever happened. It ha he dressed up as her for Halloween and I was so annoyed that I missed it. And I'm so glad he reprised it because I get to appreciate it in person and boy is it something to behold. Like I'm just taking it in. I would disable her. <laughs> I would take her apart. It's, yeah, after you see the movie you might agree. It's just a very unique experience tonally and I think it's going to be a lot of fun for people to ride the wave. I hear, this is the first time I'm seeing it with an audience, but I hear that it's like there's laughing, there's talking to the screen. That's my favorite experience in a movie. And so I'm just, yeah, I'm just looking forward to it. And like I said, her reply is, shut her down. Because <laughs> you know that just could go down a road that will just, you're hosed if, if you go too far with that. So I think she truly understands, you know, you you probably just don't want it just roaming around the house and you know, doing the dishes or whatever, because there's some way, somehow, we've all seen enough movies, it's going to turn sideways. Shut her down. <laughs> Up next, we're going to hear from the producer, Jason Blum. And he's going to talk about what sets Megan apart from other doll movies. Because we've seen all of them. They've been around for years. But now it's not just a necessarily supernatural thing. It's a technological thing. And it how, what is it, how does that different from all the other ones. And I just, I just love hearing him t tell us what he thinks about it. What makes Megan stand out from other doll movies um, that there are out there is that she has, uh, she has a huge character arc throughout the film. She really changes from the beginning to the end of the movie. She's like a real thinking, emotionally developing character in the film. And you root for her even when she's slaughtering people left and right. Now hear me out on this. This is a reality show I want. It would be the best one out there. We need a reality show following Jason Blum in his whole network. Because I remember hearing, read, reading years ago, and I'm not saying this is true, or maybe it was at one point, where he does most of his working from the back of a car or whatever it is. That's where he holds his office. He just drives around town doing it that way. Again, I'm not saying it's true, but at, at one point I thought I heard an interview saying that he does that. But he's so human. He's so... You know, it, with everybody, he's not like in this cloud or this ivory closet or all these things. He's so hands-on and it's and he's so young. That's what's so great because he has a whole future ahead of him. And I just can't wait to continue seeing what he does. But I say this, I declare this, we should have a show on his world because that would be insane. Watching him develop stories, meeting up with people. Because his whole um, method of making a movie or contracts is wildly different than everybody else. If I heard, if I remember correctly, I think everybody gets paid the exact same amount. But if the movie makes money, then that's where you start making additional money. So everybody has the same skin in the game. It's not like a, a superstar is coming onto the show going, "Oh, I'm getting twenty million dollars and." You over there are only getting 500000 or whatever. That's what that whole mentality of we're all in this together when you're in that kind of environment. And it really makes you work harder and really want to make the best product you can. Because if you're, if you're used to such huge paydays, you're like, oh, I'll just kind of do this movie and I don't care. But if you have skin in the game, I think it makes you step up your game. And I think that model for him and his little world well, not little world anymore. It's a massive world. That's what makes his movies so successful. They can make it cheaper, but then it makes big money. It's it's kind of a cool philosophy of of a business model. 
again, I'm not saying any of this is true. I just thought I heard a read an interview or saw a show on it briefly one time. I'm like, man, this guy, he's he's going about it a whole different way. I hope you enjoyed our in-depth look at Megan. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, any way to improve the show, let me know. Cinemajudge at Hotmail.com Because I can't grow if I don't know. Or if you go to Instagram, TikTok, Flipboard, Reddit, Pinterest, Tumblr, and a few others. I'm on most platforms. So if you want to reach out, let me know. Oh, and also I'm on Facebook. I have a couple uh, groups or whatever they are. I made them a long time ago, and I, I honestly, I don't know much about them. But you can reach out to me that way, too. I would love to hear your feedback, because that's what the show is all about, for you to enjoy the show and come back and tell your friends, like the show, or whatever it is. Because whether it's a blockbuster, independent film, or anything in between, I just want to give you the best show you possibly could have, where you can come in hide its little bubble and just get away from the world. That's my goal here. And like I alluded to before, you can watch this show and several others on demand whenever you want. And if you want to do that, you go to bit, as in bit, dot L-Y, backwards slash cinema judge, or go for go to the City of Bloomington's webpage, and you'll find a lot of shows there if you just type around a little bit, type in cinema judge. But go to bit, dot L-Y, backwards slash cinema judge, and you can watch this and several others whenever you want. And it's all about the interviews and stuff. There's no interruptions with me talking at all. It's all a show. Now, it's shout-out time. For all you around the world, I hope my voice finds you well. Whether you're at work, driving your car, sitting at home, brushing your teeth, whatever you're doing, I seriously am grateful that you take time out of your busy lives. And a lot of times when I see all these countries and cities show up, I am just so astonished that you're listening to the show. And I always wonder, where are you? When are you? Are you listening, you know, three years from now or a day after? It doesn't really matter because it's all about the movies, whether this is on demand years later or whatever it is. You're here and you're listening, and I am very grateful. So wherever, whenever, or wherever you are, this is for you. I mean, it's incredible to all you guys around the world who listened several times, or maybe you've been sharing it with your friends or family. It's just so cool. From the United States, tons from South Africa. Thank you, South Africa, so much. I don't know if you're listening to more than once or sharing it with your friends or family. South Africa, thank you so much for listening. Same thing with the United Kingdom, Germany, and Egypt. You guys are incredible. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you keep coming back. Because when I see you guys up there, all these countries, I just go, yes! You guys are listening, and I hope you like the show, and thank you so much. From Minneapolis, Minnesota, Austin, Texas. Austin, you guys also, several listens from there. Thanks for sharing or thanks for listening. Whatever you do in Austin, Texas, I am just beside myself with joy. Same thing with Duluth, Minnesota. Cape Town, Western Cape. You guys, rock. St. Paul, Minnesota. Round Rock, Texas. Several from there. Again, thank you, Round Rock, Texas. That is so cool. And then, Queens, New York. Several from there. I am just honored that anybody takes time out of your life to listen to the show. So to you, Queens, New York, I tip my cap to you. Thank you. Stockton, California. You too. Dallas, Texas. New York, New York. Springfield, Missouri. Miami, Florida. Littleton, Colorado. Castro Valley, California. Portsmouth, Portsmouth. Jackson, Tennessee, Holyoke, Mass, Mason City, Iowa, Frankfurt, AM, Maine, Hess, and then I can't pronounce this one, I-S-M-A-I-L-I-A, Governorate, something like that, in Sugar Hill, Georgia, just to name a few. But I am just beside myself. I do a happy dance when I see I have multiple listeners from locations it just makes my day. I sit, I sit there, whether I'm at work or whatever I'm doing, I see that. I'm like, Ugh! it just, it truly makes my day. It's all because of you taking time out of your life. So man, I am so grateful to each and every one of you who keep coming back. And I hope you share it with your friends or, you know, just 
Oh, so cool. But you know what time it is now, constant listener? It's the bourbon shout-out. This week, it goes out to Ashley, a.k.a. Ash, the mighty, all-powerful, scheduling god. So to you, cheers. Now, when I was making a TV version of this, for whatever reason, you know, I got single-minded. Sometimes that happens when I'm making a TV version of this. Because as you all know, I'm going to be redundant here, but when I'm making the TV version, I'm cranking tunes. Just me, music, and movies. It's like, come on, it's the perfect combination. So usually I just bask in that, and I often jump music to music or different you know stuff throughout the editing process. For whatever reason, I got just you know single-minded, and I got stuck on Warren Zevon. If you've never listened to Warren Zevon, do so. His his catalog is immense, complex, emotional. There's songs that make you laugh, songs that make you cry, and sometimes that happens in one song at the same time. He was so underappreciated. Because everybody knows, you know, this, this, he has a set tunes that everybody knows, like Werewolves of London, which got, you know, played until it got drove, driven into the ground. Great song, yes. But most of us have heard it a trillion times. But he's so much more than Werewolves of London. You have to do it. I don't care. Just find his greatest hits, whatever you got to do. It is such a rich catalog. And I just, I got I got hooked into it again, and I just couldn't let go. I was just, the whole time, and even during the week, that's a, when I was, I had free time, it was just Warren Zavon. I just, that's, I, I couldn't get it out of my head. And I just plowed through every one of his albums. <laughs> that's what I did the whole week. And then when it came to doing this, you know, I just kept on doing it. Because, hey, why not, why, why mess with a good thing? So if you've never done any more than just his couple songs, take a deep dive. Go on YouTube or whatever it is you do, or you know whatever device you have. Tr- give him a shot because you won't be sorry. He's so brilliant. I, I, okay, I've, I've rambled enough, but that's what I was stuck on when I was making this particular episode. Now that being said, that is it. My glass awaits. I'm thirsty, so cheers to you and to the movies. So until next time, be well. Be good, and I'm gone. I'm Jeff. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Judge. (laughs) 